to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. All right, you got a Bible this morning? Go to John's Gospel, chapter 17 this morning. God is in the business of changing people. You know, we, we want to make an impact on Fort Pierce, Port St. Lucie area. In order to do that, he has to make an impact in you first. And one thing he's got to do is he likes to make things easy. Say, God is easy. God is Nothing in the kingdom of God is hard. If it's hard, then you're not operating in the kingdom of God. You're operating in something else. You're operating in religion or self-works or whatever. God said, you know, if my burden is easy and it's light. So if you're dealing with somebody else's burden, it's going to be heavy, isn't it? So we want to find out what God wants for us. He wants to change us, meld us, mold us. How many know you should be changing every single day or every single week at least as the Holy Ghost ministers on the inside of you? Look at John 17. Look at verse 20. Jesus is praying here. How many of you believe he was probably a good prayer? Look at verse 20. Jesus says, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through the word. How many of you did that? Then he's praying for you, isn't he? That they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me, and the glory which thou gavest me I have given to them. Who's of them? that they may be one even as we are one. Now this scripture right here, if you meditate on it, you take time on it, will blow your mind because of all the thoughts that you've had up to this point about who you are and what's going on in your life and different things. But here he says he wants us to be one with him. Say one with him. Now if you've been married a long time or you've raised kids a long time, basically the more time you spend with them, the more one you become with them. In other words, you start to know what they're thinking even while they're thinking it before they said it. How many of you agree with that? So what happened? Over the years, your thought life has lined up with their thought life, or their thought life has lined up with yours, or neither one lined up with each other, but you still know what they're thinking. What God wants us to do is become one with Him. In order to do that, we must think like He thinks about every situation that comes into our life and start responding like He would respond. I've been in the church now for quite some time, and one of my favorite sayings that I hear out there that is really, really out there is, the devil made me do it. How many know the devil can't make you do it? You just yielded to the devil, and then you did it. And some people say, that's just the way I am. How many know that's another excuse for staying the way that you are instead of changing the way you are? And we can get these patterns of who we are, this is what we do. This always happens. This always happens to me. Every time I do this, this always happens to me. Well, that's a pattern that needs to be changed in your thought life because it's not godly. So basically what we want to do is change the way that we think. Go to 1 John chapter 4. All right, 1 John chapter 4, look at verse 17. It says, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may be, have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Now, who's the he there? It's God, isn't it? As he is, so are we. And everybody agrees with that and say, yeah, when I die and go to heaven and get raptured, I'm going to be just like Jesus. But notice it doesn't say that. It says, as he is, so are we where? 
in this world. So what's John saying? He's saying when you walk in love and when you start to change and line up with God, you can become one with God. In other words, you can speak for God, think for God down here because he's written his thoughts down in a book for us to read and understand and change our thinking to line up with his thinking little by little. You're not put here to argue with God's thinking. You're not here to try to uh, justify God's thinking. You're not here to excuse your thinking instead of lining up with God's thinking. You are here to change the way you think to the way God thinks, and that's what changes your life. All right, go to Philippians chapter 3. I'm going to go a little deeper this morning. I hope you're ready. If you start dozing off, it means you better pull yourself back a little bit because it went over your head. Just wait. It'll clarify it a little bit. All right, Philippians chapter 3, we've been here before. Look at verse 13. Paul says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto the things which are before, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded, and if anything ye be otherwise minded, God will reveal that unto you. Now this explains basically what I've said so far. There's a high calling. Say a high calling. calling. Who has a high calling? Every single one of you have a high calling. That high calling is to operate and live in Christ's likeness, or basically in the Old Testament it says you can live in heaven on earth. Aren't you glad you don't have to die to get to heaven to live in peace and joy, but you can live there right now here on the earth. You can live in heaven on the earth. Here he says you need to forget those things that are behind. Now, when I read this scripture before, I thought, you know, about unforgiveness and hurts and pains and all that's part of it, but notice it goes a little bit deeper than that. It goes about what you, the way you used to think. Remember when Paul got saved and he said, I'm, I just forget all those things that are behind. They were all dung. I mean, know what dung is. See, when I got born again, I had a lot of dung I didn't know about. So I went to the Holy Ghost pitchfork, and he started taking my dung and throwing it out of the barn, praise God, and opening up my thought life to line up with his thought life, because what I thought was right, what I was taught was right, what I was instructed was right, was not right because those people didn't know how God thought, so I just got my thought life from people who didn't know about God. Are you following me? All right, notice that you need to press toward the mark of the high calling. The high calling is Christ-likeness. Now, how many of you believe you can do this? Is this possible? Of course it is. He's showing us how to do it. Jesus prayed for it. And the Bible also says that you have the mind of Christ. Now, whether you're operating in the mind of Christ is two different things. But you have the ability to operate in the mind of Christ. Now, how many know Christ never said, I'm so unworthy? Christ never said, I can't do nothing. Christ never said, I'm just a sinner. Christ never said any of these things at all. So if you're going to operate in the mind of Christ, you can't be thinking things that he wouldn't think because then you're not thinking in the mind of Christ. You're thinking in the mind of you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So Jesus came, he suffered and died on the cross, he raised from the dead, and he did all that to restore, say restore. restore. He wanted to restore you back to the original position. That's what restore means. The original positions in Genesis chapter 1 were God made man in his image and in his likeness. Now when man fell, how many know he fell out of his image and out of his likeness. And when he did that, he was in trouble. So Jesus came, suffered, and died. And the day that he died and you got born again, he restored you back to your original spot. So how are you doing? Well, I'm created in God's image and likeness. How can you say that? I can't believe that. Well, because Jesus suffered and died on the cross and was raised to restore me back to my original position. And the original position was basically the way that God made us, which was we were created in his image and in his likeness. Now listen to what God says here. If you're thinking otherwise, don't worry, I'll straighten you out. 
See that verse? It doesn't matter. If you're thinking wrong, I'll go to work and I'll straighten you out on it because I want you to line up with everything basically that I'm thinking. So notice, you can't spend your whole life trying to change your ways. And that's what religion taught us. If you've got a problem here, then you need to work on it. You need to do your best. You need to reject it. You need to stand against it. You need to speak to it in the name of Jesus. But God never tells you to change your ways or actions. He tells you to change your thoughts, and through your thoughts, then you will change your actions. Religion tells you to change your actions. You're a sinner. Now become a saint. Well, how am I going to do that? Just keep fighting, brother. Just keep doing your best. Count to 10 before you have that angry spell. Do what you can do to stop doing it. And you've tried, and you've tried, and you've tried. And Paul said, my old man, I'll tell you what. What I wanted to do, I didn't do. What I didn't want to do, I did. I couldn't figure it out. Why? Because there was a battle between the spirit of his mind and his natural mind. The spirit of his mind knew what to do was right, but his natural thought life was pulling him away from that, and he had a battle between his ears. So what he wanted to do, see, people want to get free. I want to get free. I'd love to get free. But you can't get yourself free because freedom was already provided for you. So I changed my thought life into a place to where I'm not trying to get delivered, but I have been delivered. And when I do that, I get delivered. See, you can't walk around. I couldn't walk around my whole life and say, I'm born again, but I'm an alcoholic. I was an alcoholic before I'm born again. I'm still an alcoholic, but Jesus saved me. I'm an alcoholic, but Jesus is so wonderful. As long as I kept thinking I was an alcoholic, I was going to be an because my thoughts determine my ways. So if I believe I'm an alcoholic, I'm just going to drink more. The more I confess it, the more I believe it, I'm going to believe it more and more. And pretty soon, I might as well wear a shirt that says, I'm an alcoholic. And I'm going to drink today. See, but I had to change my thought life. I was no longer an alcoholic. I was a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things had passed away and all things had become new. And through that then, through knowing who I was in Christ and what he did for me, I was no longer an alcoholic because all things that I had now were of God. How many know God's not a heavy drinker? You see? So you, you can't claim that and claim to be one with God if you're not thinking in line with what God's already put in the book for you and he's put there. Now notice how interesting it is. Look at verse 13. Brethren, I count myself apprehended, but this one thing, say one thing. One. Say one thing. one thing. So he says, I'm going to do one thing here that's going to change my life. And then he goes and gives you two things. Look, well, forget those things that are behind and then reach forth the prize of the high calling. I thought, Paul never went to school, apparently. <laughs> Highest he can count, apparently, is one. But notice there's two things there. But notice, they're the same thing. Amen. Once you forget who you were, you will believe who you are. And then what are you doing? Every time I get in line with God's thought life, I am pressing more into my character of oneness with him. All right, I was raised in a church where I was taught I was a sinner. We prayed we were a sinner. We confessed we were a sinner. We were a sinner. When I got born again, I read a scripture that said, you have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. So as soon as I changed my thought life, forgot what was behind about being a sinner, and pressed toward the mark and remembered I was righteous, how many know righteous is the character of God? So by forgetting the old and discovering the new, I immediately pressed towards God. It's not a, oh, oh God, God worship, I'm pressing into you. You can do that your whole life. You're just going to wear yourself out. That's not, it's not about emotionals and feelings. It's about you changing the way that you think, praise God. And then I thought I was powerless, and God had all the power. Well, I read in the Bible that I was full of the power of God. As soon as I forgot this, I moved right into, and is God full of the power of God? Am I one with him? Then I must be full of the power of God. So what was I doing? I was changing from my old ways here, and I was moving a new thing by doing one thing, and that's forgetting my old thought life and moving into a new one. We were unworthy. Now I found out I was worthy. 
Bye bye unworthiness. Oh, I was fearful. Now I'm faithful. See, and as you read the word, say read the word. This is not going to happen unless you get in the book. You can want to do it. You can tell everybody you're changing. You ain't changing anything if your thought life is not changing and lining up with what God does, basically. When man was created, how many of you know he was created a living soul, the Bible said? So as living soul, what's your soul? It's your mind, will, emotions, and imagination. But when he sinned, basically not only did he die spiritually, but he died soulishly also. The Bible says the man that sinneth soul shall... Well, his soul died at the same time, so what happened? His mind was perverted. Everything that God had was perverted. He was no longer walking in faith. He was walking in fear. Why was he walking in fear? I hid myself because I heard you in the garden. He never did that before. What happened? His soul died. Soul basically is not ceased to exist. It's separation from. So his soul got separated from God's soul. His thought life got separated from God's thought life. And his spirit got separated from God. Say, I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a physical body. So when I got born again, my spirit, or me, was made back into the image and likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who I am, but this wasn't changed at all. Are you born again? Yes. Are you a sinner? Oh, yes. Righteous? I should say not. Heal the sick? Out of your mind. Cast out a devil? I don't even want to see one. Come on, that was our old thought life, wasn't it? That almost we get under a church, we get somebody teaching the word, we read the Bible ourselves, and all at once we think, my God, I can cast out devils. What happened? You just took a step towards the oneness with God and the thought life with God, because how many know he's pretty good at casting out devils? He's pretty good at healing the sick. He probably even plays in the Holy Ghost. I don't know. I've never heard him, but maybe he does. Praise God. You see what we're doing? We're switching, aren't we? We're switching over by doing one thing and forgetting what is behind. So Adam, when he sinned, basically his soul died. And at that time, now we are responsible to renew our minds, our thoughts, and our imagination to God's thoughts and imagination. And as we do that, you will just simply start walking like God, thinking like God, and acting like God without struggling. You just feed it in. You just, it's like food, man. You just throw that stuff in. You throw that word in there. You read that in there. You see it in there. And some things you see at first are going to scare your pants off. I mean, when you see that you're righteous, my God, there's no, none righteous. No, not one. But Tommy, no, that's half of scripture. The Bible said he's prepared righteousness for you in justification, but you've got to walk into that because you're called to that. So all he's doing is working on our soul, our mind, and trying to change that in our mind, basically, so that we can operate in the things of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God said, my thoughts are not your thoughts, therefore my ways are not your. So it's the same thing along. I mean, as soon as our thoughts become his thoughts, our ways are going to become what? His ways. Praise God. So God wants full restoration. Say full restoration. Now, there's a lot of Christians living in just born-again experience, never changing their mind, never reading the Bible, and you're trying to get them saved not knowing they are because they don't act like it. They don't even line up with it. Uh, they're still out there sinning. They're still out there cussing. They're still out there drinking. They're still, what happened? There's been no change in their soul at all. And their poor real spirit man is locked on the inside of them trying to get out. And he does it through conviction and, and they feel guilty, but they keep right on gone. They get condemned, but they keep right on gone. So we want to let our spirit man express himself since he's in the image and likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ so that he, he operates in the things of God. Hallelujah. Go to First Peter chapter 2. He's got a better voice than I do. I'll probably listen to him. Yes, my brethren. (laughs) 
All right, 1 Peter chapter 2, look at verse 2. As newborn babies, I mean, he's talking physically and spiritually, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may do what? That you may do what? So the only way that we are going to grow, basically, our spirit's already there, growing back into the image and likeness of God is through the word of God, which is like milk to a baby. How many know babies drink milk? How many know we don't give them the bottle for a while? They get grouchy. That's why some of you are grouchy. Haven't had any milk for a long time. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. But now through the Word of God, we are going to grow thereby. Sooner or later, the Word of God in your thought life is going to prevail over the old way you used to think, and you're going to think like God. The Bible says that the Word of God prevailed, and revival broke out. When? When the Word of God prevailed. Where did it prevail? In their thought life till they changed the way they were thinking and see who they were. Hallelujah. All right, go to Ephesians chapter 4. All right, Ephesians chapter 4, let's start in verse 17. Paul says this, I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. They have the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ. If so, be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation or lifestyle or thought life the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and holiness. Now look at verse 17. Paul's warning them, isn't he? He's warning Christians. He's in a church, a local church, and he's saying, I'll tell you what, don't walk like the Gentiles do. Can you? Yes. Or why would he warn you not to? He's saying, hey, you can't do this stuff. You're still walking in your feelings. You're still walking in unclean works. You're still walking to this stuff. Now, what's the problem here? He says, because of vanity in your mind, because of your understanding because of your thought life. It's not because that's just who you are. That's the way God created you. That's the way my mom and dad were. That's the way Uncle Henry was. No, you need to change that thought life and that pattern. See, when anybody disagrees with you for years, you probably got mad and gave them a piece of your mind. How I many you know sooner or later you're going to have to stop that? <laughs> well, I just don't know why everybody don't agree with me. Makes me so mad. When I get everybody to agree with me, my anger problem is going to be gone forever. How I many know you're not going to live even in eternity that long? No, it doesn't work that way. So I'm going to have to change my thinking. I'm going to have to learn to close my mouth at times. Should we just stay there for a little bit? You just let things go. Just do it. What are we doing? We're slowly changing the way we handle things, the way we do things. We're lining up with our thought life, basically. So here he said, that's the problem. The vanity of your mind, there's ignorance in your heart. And notice what that causes. You're alienated or cut off from the life of God. Now, where's the life of God if you've been born again? 
It's right in here, isn't it? The character of God, the power of God, the life of God's in here. But you can cut that off and leave it in there and not let it flow. Out of your belly shall rivers of not if your understanding's darkened and not if you have vanity in your mind and not if you don't understand. You don't even care about the power. Most people, you tell them God lives in them and then you go into a, a spell for like three weeks because they haven't been taught that. He's in a box. He's over here. He's up there. He's every, No, he's right in here. And the only way he's going to manifest in the spiritual realm is not fly down from there and touch somebody, but through you and touch somebody on the inside of you. But you're cut off because you're thinking the same stupid way they're thinking. So you go to the bar and they're all drinking and you go in and drink with them. I mean, what are you changing? See? When I first got saved, I'd buy them around because I thought I was given. <laughs> Bible says, give, it'll be given to you. Press down, shaking together, running over, right? So if I bought around, that's better than tithing, praise God. I'm giving all these people out here. I didn't know what tithing was. I didn't know what I was doing until I got in the Word and started thinking God thoughts. I mean, most people, when they even talk about tithing for a little bit, just crawl back into a hole. So all he wants is our money. He needs a new shirt. I know he does. He's wearing the same one every week, and he needs a new one for sure, praise God. That's what he's after. No, that's not what we're after. We're after to change your thought life because we want you to line up in oneness with God. And at Revelation, God's a giver. God so loved the world, he, he gave the best thing he had, his only begotten son, so he's a giver. So I'm going to have to become a giver in order to get into oneness with him, with my finances and all my gifts, basically, to line up with him, I'm going to have to become a giver and not a gimme, 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 gimme person. So what am I doing? I'm slowly changing again. It's changing. So what am I doing? Look at verse 22. I'm putting off or I'm forgetting those things that are behind. And I'm 23, and I'm being renewed in the spirit of what? My mind. Now, what, I'm, what am I being renewed to? Look at verse 24. And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true, true holiness. So now, if my spirit man was created in his righteousness and holiness, I've got to separate the two. My spirit man's here and my mind's here. You can't have them together or you'll just believe that's the way that you are and you'll try to become in his likeness after his likeness. You don't have to do that because you weren't given the assignment to do that. You were created in righteousness and holiness. So I'm not going to deny what I was created. So I'm going to start talking like someone who is righteous. I'm going to start acting like someone who is holy. I'm going to act like someone who basically there's one scripture that I've had my whole life and I'm still working on it. I mean, you know, this takes a while sometimes. But it's in Colossians, basically, where it talks about knowing the will of God and being fruitful in every good work. And it says in that place, basically, that you are... Well, let's look at it. What the heck? Go to Colossians. I'll throw this in extra. You can always take up another offering for a shirt later. I wanted to know from the Holy Ghost one time what would be the toughest thing to grow into and learn, and he showed me. And then I asked him, what was number two? <laughs> All right, Colossians chapter 1, look at verse 9. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increase in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks. So I looked at that and I said, one thing about me, I know the will of God. I walk worthy of the God, basically, and I also am the most patient 
long-suffering, joyful, thanksgiving person in the world. I have quoted that scripture three million times by now. Because every time I feel the long-suffering's not there, (laughs) the patience certainly isn't there. And you can jam the joyful and thankfulness someplace else because it ain't even closed, brother. (laughs) Come on, but when you get in those spots, the only way you're going to get through them is to identify with God. So I'm the most patient man in the world. I am so long-suffering, hallelujah, and I'm joyful, and I just thank God all the time for everything. Glory to God. And somebody comes up, and you can just feel it, and you're just about ready to rip their tonsils out, and all at once you've got to go back there, and you go, oh, glory to God, I'm so patient, and I'm so long-suffering with joyfulness and thanksgiving unto God. I'm so patient and long-suffering. What are you doing? You're getting out of the old thought life into the new thought life, and sooner or later that's going to become second nature to you. In other words, instead of getting upset, you're just going to be patient in that situation. You're just going to listen to that person who's told you the same story 42,000 times, and they're telling it to you your 45,000 time. And you know it by heart, you know it better than they do by now, but I'm just going to be patient there, and I'm going to listen to that story again. Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah. Have I ever told you this before? No, that's good. I really enjoy What am I doing? I'm doing like God would do. How I many you know he listens to us? Jesus. All of us. Can you imagine that? As a pastor, you're just dealing with one or two at a time. Can you imagine dealing with everybody at one time? Oh, that would be tough. So what am I doing? I'm conditioning myself. I'm changing the old way I'm thinking. I'm thinking to a new way of thinking. And that's what I want to do, basically. I want to line up with the Spirit of God. All right, go to Colossians chapter 1. Oh, we're already there. Praise God, that worked out good. Look at verse 20. It says, And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether they be things on earth or they be things in heaven. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now has he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight if you continue in the faith grounded and settled. All right, we're here. It talks about the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. The blood of Jesus reconciled everyone. It redeemed every person, whether they're born again or not. How many know it's still there? They just got to receive it. You were brought back. You were reconciled spirit, soul, and body. But you once again, you can't live here, it says, as an enemy of God or alienated of God. And where would you live alienated? Here it says, in your mind, in your thought life. Why an enemy? Because I've got an unrenewed mind to go with my recreated spirit, and I'm still acting the way that I always did. So you were enemies. Say, I were an enemy. So what happens? My mind is changing. Every time I sit under the Word, every time I listen to a tape, every time I read the Word, if it's it's a Holy Ghost Word song, it's helping me change into the things. Now look at verse 22. In the body of his flesh through death, to present you holy, unblameable, and unreprovable, where at? Where at? Where at? Okay, so the problem is not how God sees you after you get born again. The problem is not how you, the problem is how you think he sees you, and then the problem is how you see you. He's already said, my blood's already provided you, you're homely, blameless, unreprovable, in my sight. But my sight don't quite sight like his sight sights. Are you following? 
I'm still thinking I'm unworthy. I'm still thinking I can't do nothing. I'm still thinking it's all up to God. I'm still thinking God's in control of everything. I'm thinking it's totally, I just don't know what's totally up to God. So what am I doing? I'm still enemies in my mind with him. But in his sight, he's saying, there he is, holy, blameless, unreprovable. But in my sight, I'm seeing something different. Or the way I think he sees me. See, if, if you think he's up there judging every little thing you do, every time you make a mistake, you're going to spend four weeks in guilt. Oh, now he doesn't like me anymore. I sinned yesterday, and he's probably not even talking to me anymore. He, no, no, he sees you holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight. Notice, not by what you do or don't do, but by the blood. Man, if you can see things through the blood, it would totally set you free of 90% of the things you're struggling in right now. Because it's not by your efforts. And not by what you do, it's by the blood. And once you understand the blood has provided it for me and I agree with it, then I can walk in it because I've changed my thoughts and now my ways are lined up with him. So when he says I'm holy and unblameable, then if he says it, I'm just going to have to believe I'm holy and unblameable and I'm not going to judge it by what I'm doing now or what I'm going to do. I'm going to judge it by the blood. So I'm going to thank him for making me holy and unblameable. I thank God that I'm holy. I thank God that I'm righteous. I thank God. And my thought life will start to change to where it won't even want to touch those things. It don't want to touch sin. It doesn't want to touch alcohol. It doesn't want to touch all this stuff again because your thought life changed. Addiction is not in your spirit. It's in your soul. And you don't have to be prayed for by 42 people. You can just read the word, change the way you thought, and get delivered, praise God. It's all based on our truth or error or lie. So, and basically, so there's a battle going on. You've got your spirit who already knows who he is, but you've got your soul that's not lined up. So I hear a word, and Pastor Tom preached this morning, glory to God that we're all healed by the stripes of Jesus. By his stripes we are healed. Hallelujah! We're all healed, 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 healed. And you leave because I filled your spirit up, and it registered. Your spirit said, that's the truth, praise God. I know that's the truth. Then you wake up Monday morning, and all at once you've got a headache. And all at once, in two seconds, you go from being healthy to being sick. Where? In your thought life. And now, if, you, if the devil can get you to bring that out of your mouth, I'm sick. I'm sick. Well, Jesus died for you. I know, but I'm sick. Jesus healed you. I know. I'm sick. Are you sick? I'm sick. Are you getting better? No, sicker. Sicker, sicker, sicker. So whatever you're believing, you see, you're lining up with, well, how many know that's not the nature of God? Jesus isn't sick. The Father isn't sick. I don't think the Holy Ghost is sick, as far as I know. So basically, we want to line up our thought life with Him. So we're already to a place. And when revelation comes, it's when your soul and your spirit come together in one. And your body has no choice but to line up with your spirit and your soul. That's when revelation hits. That's when you know that 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 the word is true. I mean, you just know it. People say, how do you know? I don't know. I just know it. People walk up to you and say, are you born again? Yes. Are you going to heaven? Yes. How do you know that? I just know. I know. Are you questioning it? No. I know. I got born again. See, I've been taught that. I know I'm going to heaven. There's no question. I don't even have to see it in the Bible anymore. I know that I know that I... Well, you can do that with healing. You can do that with righteousness. You can do that with power. You can do that with every single area in your life simply by getting a revelation. And it comes through the Word. Say through the Word. See, 6 o'clock news is never going to come on and say, you are righteous and holy today. Bleak, bleak, bleak. Urgent, urgent, urgent. No, it's going to say all hell's breaking loose. You're falling apart. Your family's going to hell. You ain't got no money. Everything's going wrong. And then you start talking to that stuff. You see what it said on the news tonight? We're all going broke because of inflation. Well, you can go broke. I ain't going broke. The Bible says you can prosper and be in health even as your soul. I thought it was even as how many jobs you could get. 
See, people get short of money. First thing you want to do is get three other jobs. Well, then you ain't got time to get in the Word, and the only way your soul's going to prosper and you can be in health and prosper is for you to be in the Word, and you just cut your Word out because you're working 18 hours a day. What is it? Natural thinking, isn't it? Well, I got to get two more jobs. No, you got to get your soul to prosper. Well, I need more vitamins. I need more, I need more stuff. I need more medicines. I need all the... No, you need to get, prosper your soul. Prosper and be in health even as your? Soul. Not even as how many vitamins or drugs you got. And I'm not putting drugs and vitamins down. Don't throw stuff at me, please. Don't do that. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm telling you, you can renew your mind to a spot to where you believe that. You believe healing belongs to you even without doing all that stuff. And I'll tell you what, you can go to the doctor and he's never going to tell you you're totally healed. I went to the doctor a long time ago when I switched insurance. I think I was 50 years old, and I went there and had to take a blood pressure just because they wouldn't let me in unless I did all this stuff. And I took it, and two days later, they called me back and said, Mr. Karras. I said, yes. He said, we're, we're really sorry. I thought, dear Lord, am I dying? <laughs> haven't been there a long time, but I ain't going back if that's what he's going to tell me. He said, we couldn't find anything wrong with you, so could you come back in and we'll run some more tests? No. I said, I didn't come there to find out if something was wrong with me. I came there because I had to, to switch insurance, to make sure that I was right. See, but they're always, they're, they're look, they're, that's what they do. If you got a pain, we'll find something. We'll make up a new name for it. Kalabashik de homakea is what you got in your foot. And then the medicine will be harder to pronounce than that. With these side effects, you could die tomorrow, fall apart, your head could fall off, your arms could fall off, but this is in very few people. See, there's a better way to do it. There's a better way to do things. There's a kingdom way. There's a spiritual way. There's a Holy Ghost way to do things. And it comes from you getting in the Word of God and reading this stuff and understanding this stuff and finding out, and you will prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. God will take the little bit of money you got. When you're in the Word of God, He'll show you what to do with that money, how to plan it. Money should work for you. You shouldn't work for money. You get a little bit of money and you start investing in Holy Ghost wise, and I'll tell you what, money be coming out from all over the place and you don't even know how you did it and you don't care. Why? He wants us all to be givers. You can't be a giver if you can't even pay your mortgage. You want to be a contractor then. You want to have the sob story then. And you know, in order to do a sob story, it's got to be a sob story. Never grow up to say, oh, my mortgage is paid and everything's done. When you're trying to manipulate people for money, you'll say, oh, we're not going to make it. We're going to take our house and our car. I'm not asking you for money, though, but I just want to tell you what's going on. What are you doing? You're basically confessing something with your thought life and that ain't the way to get out of the hole that's the way to dig with another shovel and get deeper into the hole so we don't want to do that we want to line our thought life up with his thought life all right go to hebrews chapter 10 you're not getting anywhere this morning praise god All right, Hebrews chapter 10, look at verse 16. God says, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days. How many know you are living in after those days, saith the Lord? Well, what is that new covenant, Lord? Well, I'm going to put my laws into your hearts and into your minds will I write them, and your sins and your iniquities will I remember how long? No 
no more. So he said, here's the new covenant. With this group I had in the Old Testament, I couldn't do this with them because I tell you what, they had a sin nature on the inside of them. They couldn't change their thought life because that's who they were. But now there's a new covenant coming because you were born again and you've been born back into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. Now, basically, I can put my laws into your mind and into your heart. Now, what's it talking about? Two different places. Your mind, your soul, and your spirit, and your heart come together in one. Your heart. So he says, I'm going to take my laws and I'm going to put them in your heart. Why? Because your heart doesn't know my laws. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with how much? How much of it? Most people trust in one part. That's why they're in a spiritual battle all the time. They trust in their spirit. That's right. But in their soul saying, that ain't right. So you're in a battle. And he wants you to trust in the Lord with Come on, your spirit and your soul. Lean not on your own. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will. And how's he going to direct your plan? The entrance of his word brings light into you. The word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my feet. Notice it's a lamp unto my feet. Say my feet. Notice it's not a lamp unto your eyes. It's a lamp unto your feet. Now if a hurricane came and knocked my power out, I'd rather have a lamp unto my eyes. Come on, wouldn't you like to see where you're going? So I'd want a lamp unto my eyes. So in the, in the natural, you need a lamp unto your eyes to see where you're going. In the spiritual, you need the lamp unto your feet. Because we don't live by what we see, we live by what we believe. No matter what it, we see, we still by what we believe, which is the Word of God. So here basically it's talking about putting laws. Say God's laws. Now this is not telling you that if 70 mile an hour is on 95 and the laws here and the laws there. No, it's talking about spiritual laws. Say spiritual laws. So one of the major spiritual laws in the kingdom of God is God calls those things that be not as though they were. So he's going to put that law in our heart. So even though I don't look like I'm righteous, I don't act like I'm righteous, but I am righteous according to the word. I'm going to call those things that don't seem to be not as though they were. So I have a right, spiritual right, to call myself healed no matter what, righteous no matter what, powerful no matter what, anything no matter what, because I'm calling those things that be not, but they really are, because they're in the spirit realm, as though they were, and pretty soon I'll be what they were. Are you listening? That's how you advance. You advance from faith to faith, from one level of to another level of you don't advance from you struggling and trying to get sin out of your life, from you trying to be a better person, from you fighting the anger problem, from you fighting the strife problem, from you fighting the worry problem. You don't do that. You change the way you think, and your thoughts will become your ways. When you line your thoughts up with God, it will open the door for you. The Bible says another spiritual law is we don't grab and fight and manipulate. We give in order to receive. Now, your natural mind is going to just freak out. First time you go to church, take up an offering and you'll be rich. That ain't helping me. I'm getting poor. I'm calling for $100,000 a day. I ain't got $100,000. I don't want to give you any because I'm poor. I came here to get, praise God. See, it doesn't make sense that by me giving, I'm going to end up getting. And our natural minds won't register with that. But it's a spiritual law. Say a spiritual law. And here's the best thing about spiritual laws. You don't have to understand them. You just need to do them. And if you just do them, and you still won't understand them, but they worketh. And you won't care how they worketh as long as they're worketh-ing. That is the main thing. They're worketh-ing. So I'm giving, and I'm getting, and I'm getting money from here and there, and I don't even where it's coming from, and I'm getting more, and I'm told to do this and do this and do this and do this. I didn't understand it at all, but I mean, you know, if it's God's laws, it will work. Say it will work. Say God's laws always work. 
So each and every one of us, when we're born again, the kingdom of God is where now? It's in you. So everything you need, and the Father is pleased to give you everything out of the kingdom. Well, you got the kingdom on the inside of you spiritually. You got everything you need in here. You got the finances for whatever you want to do. You got the power for whatever you want to do. You got the wisdom for whatever you want to do. You got the authority you want to do. But you're alienated because of your thought life. I can't do that. That won't work for me. I know somebody who tried that, and it didn't work for them. It just ain't going to work. I can tell you that right now. And all the time in here, you got everything you need to fulfill it. So I don't want to cut off from the life of God. I want to join the life of God. I want to join agreement with God. And the kingdom of God will start coming through you into your life. Finances will come. Peace will come. Joy will come. Power will come. Everything that you need on the inside of you will come out of the inside of you when you line up with the way he thinks and the way he does things. The kingdom of God is already in me. Say the kingdom of God, kingdom of God. is already on the inside of me. All right, go to 1 Peter chapter 2. We'll do one more. All right, 1 Peter chapter 2, look at verse 11. It says, Dearly beloved, say that's me. That's Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly desires or lusts which war against what? Your soul. So here he's telling you a process here. Your beloved, I'm talking to you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts that war against your soul. So the battle's not against your you, the spirit man, it's against your soul on the inside. It's against your thought life. So I've got to go from being born again and being a sinner to understand that he has made me righteous. From unworthy to worthiness. From powerless to powerful. From, from non-trusting to peaceful. To, from fear to faith. So I've got to do that. And the transition takes place right here in you seeing yourself as God seats you. Holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in his flight. Here's a, here's a translation now. It says here, fleshly lusts, what are they? They're cravings of such a nature that like an army carrying on a military campaign, wage war, hurling their thoughts and desires at your souls. Hallelujah. That sounded like, when I found that, it sounded just like my life. Every day the devil's up there just throwing crap at my brain, man, hoping something would stick, hoping something would, you can't do this, you can't run a church. They already told you you're not supposed to pastor a church. They already told you you're supposed to start the church up in Steward. It's your own fault. You should be listening to what, hey, 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 you're never going to have enough money. No, you're going to care. Hey, hey, every single day that you wake up, and there it is again. He's, he's like he's standing on the edge of the bed someplace, and he's hurling these things against your mind, and he's hurling, and, and against your mind, he's doing the same thing. He's hurling, you're unworthy, you can't do nothing, you're sickly, you ain't going to make it, blah, 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 blah. And you've got to recognize God's thoughts instead. The Bible says you take the shield of faith with quenches every fiery dart of the wicked. I mean, you know, he's just not picking on pastors. He's picking on everybody, isn't he? He's picking on you. He's after you. And the only thing you can do to break that is exercise godliness. So, man, I, don't, I know what you're saying, but it just ain't true. I'm going to be successful. I'm going to be preaching for 50 years if I want to. I'm going to have people out there who are hungry. I'm going to do it. Yeah, I ain't never going to do that. Yes, I am. I'm going to do that. You get an argument with yourself. People will think you're nuts, but you're not. You're in a battle with yourself. And the only way you can progress is exercise godliness. It takes exertion 
to keep those thoughts out of there and keep the new thoughts in there. Well, I've had such tragedy in our life. Join the club. I've got problems. Join the club. Everybody's got problems, but your problems aren't your problem. Your thought life about those problems are your problem. And it makes a difference. So you need to exercise godliness. Now, when's all this going to change? This sounds good, Pastor Tom. Praise God. I want to change. Glory to God. I see Christ like this and God flowing through me right now. When you exercise godliness. Come on, I don't care how many, how many physical training machines you got in your garage. Look at that. I got 42 machines in here, and all of them got dust on it. Ain't no place you've been on that thing. That doesn't do it, do you see? Buying a machine, you're not going to drop 25 pounds. It's exercising. See? And you get excited about a message, and you go home, and for three days, you spiritually exercise, and then, well, it gets a little, time gets tough, ain't got time. Just like in the natural, I'm going to run four miles every day. First mile, praise God, you're setting world records, glory to God. Second day, you're all pumped up. Third day, the alarm goes off. Well, I don't know. I think I could probably skip a day. I've been doing pretty good up to now. But no, you're pretty soon you're going to, well, I'll just do two miles today. I ain't got time to, then one mile today, and pretty soon, three months later, you hear about what good exercise is, and you say, praise God, I'm going to exercise today. And that's the way in the spirit, people get all jumped up about a sermon and pressing into God for about one week, and then they go right back into the old things that they did before, and you're not going to get results unless you exercise. How many of you know that? It's the same as a physical realm. You don't get exercise. If you don't exercise, you ain't going to get results. You can't pray it away. You can't use the name of Jesus. Rebuke these five pounds in Jesus' name. I mean, no, he can't help you. Come on, some people do that. Lay hands on me so I lose 30 pounds. How about I lay hands and I close your mouth? Just a thought. Just a thought. See, it's exercise. It's doing these things. It's being diligent. It's... In. And the more that you do them, the more it becomes a pattern and the easier it gets for you. If you can break through that initial thing, it's like a fast. If you want to fast for five days, I mean, uh, dear Lord, the first couple days are terrible. But after that, it all goes away. You've conquered it. You've made it through. You've made up your mind and your will. And then fasting's no problem at all. You couldn't care if you saw food or not. It's the same way in the spiritual realm. If you're going to renew your mind to God's way of thinking, you've got to spend some ample time under tapes or in this word or under teaching. It's going to tell you that. Now, you cannot turn on some Christian TV station that's comparing you to someone who's not you. Well, you're just like Job. We're all just like Job, but we're coming out, praise God. We're, no, I'm not like Job, and I'm not coming out. I'm already out, praise God. See, they'll compare you. Well, you're just like Peter. You're just like Paul. No, you're just like you. You're just like God, because you're created after righteousness, after holiness, in God-likeness, praise God. Hallelujah. All right, if you've got anything, say hallelujah. hallelujah. All right. the kingdom of God and his righteousness.